I just don't know why it had to end that way. Friends. And what a way. Loved ones and family. Uh, I thought we'd get five. I thought we'd get six. I thought we'd get seven. We are gathered here to remember. You got swarthied. We got gentlemanly swept. A team <laughs> that snuck into the playoffs only to get beaten down oh, by a young upstart. The, the beautiful <laughs> Miami Heat. They beat us without him beat. <laughs> we didn't even get a chance to see you in your Sunday best whites. <laughs> we didn't get yeah. We are actually buried. We were going to bury you in those beautiful Vice City. However, it's a closed casket. Everyone's wearing black today. (laughs) But let us not. You know those like World Star videos where the old man always beats up the young gun. (laughs) I kept thinking that we were going to get some of that from the Heat. No, that old man got beat to death. We got to trade Whiteside. (laughs) But let us not focus on the sorrow we feel for the Miami Heat right now. Let's look to the future. Let's look to the ballooning Tyler Johnson contract. Yeah, I was about to say. Uh, Let's look to the 50 Deion, million reasons why the there's Deion no room. waiters. At least Tyler has time to get his teeth fixed now. It's two to hold teeth in Let's his mouth. look <laughs> to the Hassan Whiteside contract. <laughs> it's 25 mil a year. <laughs> it's unmovable. He's ashes garbage. to ashes, <laughs> dust to dust. Mickey Harrison, oh. go buy yourself another rape boat. And welcome to Fast Break Breakfast NBA Podcast. My name is Keith, here once again with my buddies Chuck, dressed in all black, and John. Hey now. Bicker staff. Uh, you actually got a little bit of closure, Chuck, on your team. Yeah. We didn't even have a funeral for the Memphis Grizzlies this, this year. The whole season uh, was because a they Memphis were Grizzlies they were funeral. flayed alive over the span of six months. Hey, do you guys, Grizzlies ain't dead yet. Do you remember when they were the best team in the league for a week? Oh, no. yeah. And then you fired your coach. You guys remember when uh, the Grizzlies in Orlando played in the third week of the season for first place in the NBA? <laughs> go look at go look at uh, go look at those teams those Grizzlies beat though, yeah. Yeah, they were uh, both games. first and last in John Schumann's NBA power rankings. That is very biblical. This season, the first uh, shall be Alpha last. and Omega. Mm-hmm. Delete your account, John Schumann. <laughs> John Sh- I like how John Schumann does it. He does it based not on like what you think rhyme or reason. Yeah, okay, sounds about right. John Schumann's power rankings, uh, complete, wholehearted recommend. One of the <laughs> best weekly reads. Get to it. Anyway, uh, gentlemen. Playoffs are washing over us. John is wearing a Grizzly shirt in celebration of his favorite coach, JB Bickerstaff, being made an honest man. I was a huge Bickerstaff. Ring on that finger. I was a huge fan of Bickerstaff until the moment that the front office announced that they liked him, and now I'm against it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> if the Grizzlies front office likes you, you are trash. Let's get. We're going to come back to that JB Bickerstaff news. Mm, uh, mm, Chuck, mm. you had a you had a big week last week. Chuck went down to Miami, and I don't just mean uh, putting your favorite team into, into the ground. Yeah, did uh, you go see him off. We had a funeral. Did we you go had to a, a game. We had a we had a birth and oh. a funeral. Uh, birth in some ways. Uh, this is a very long story that I'm going to you know maybe turn into a seven minute thing. But very long time ago, uh, I was in high school. Uh, the twin towers had fell. America was in disarray. So you weren't yet, uh, you hadn't yet enlisted then. No, I, I had. Oh, um, okay. You enlisted I, like the next day, right? I, I made, yeah. I, I enlisted. Uh, well, I went to the to the recruiter on September twelfth, two thousand one. 
Good God. Like, hey, man, I've been thinking about this, but come on, let's go kill people. That's what you, that's what you do when you're 18. <laughs> No, I was 17 at the time. So I, uh, anyway, this is all just to, uh, you know, highlight. Couldn't you just play two rock? <laughs> I should have went just to. get on a GameCube, I, man. I should have got like a LAN set up. <laughs> yeah. Have a LAN party. Have a LAN party. Get your yayas out. Um, but. Break a controller. <laughs> Could have threw a, a mechanical keyboard. But the, uh, yeah, so I ended up, uh, you know, making some mistakes maybe. And, uh, you know, I slept with a girl and she got pregnant. But then she thought it wasn't mine. And told me it wasn't mine, and it was her boyfriend. Oh boy! Um, so, fast forward uh, a, a, a few years, and I'm informed uh, that I I may be the father of a child. So mm. it's time to make some uh, effort. So uh, this child's in Florida, and I have to find out if I'm related to her. So I send my sister, who one has, of your seventy-two siblings. I have a bunch of sisters, but one of them I donated bone marrow to, so she could go take a paternity test for me. No, uh-huh. well, you did not. Donate bone marrow so she could do that. Right. That right. wasn't the reason. I yeah, did that it. wasn't. That seems like that is an incredible degree. That is a um, long way to go. To degree not, of difficulty score A. Yeah. So um, I had years before given bone marrow to my sister, and she went and did a paternity test with this. Uh, young Which is how that works. It's like a Wookiee life dead. If you give someone bone marrow, they have <laughs> to do whatever you say, whenever you say. The DNA test that was recent. Yeah, the bone marrow uh, and the paternity. Well, the bone marrow was years ago. When did you find out you I, might have I this? thought may, may, someone uh, basically contacted me and was like, hey, maybe you should look into this. When you say someone, is that the person's mother? Yes, this is, is the person. Okay. And we didn't We're gonna know. We're going to get more specific. We didn't know. So right. there was some uh, you know, confusion, and the guy kind of, you know, sort of looks like me. I'm much better looking. But it is, uh, we went when through a process. When did you do the Facebook gender swap? Which oh. is the true paternity so, test, as far as I'm concerned. So I, I was curious, and one day I went, you know, Facebook hunting for pictures of this young lady. And when I found her, I compared her to a picture of me in the military. And then they had the Facebook thing where they gender swapped you. Right. And I did it with a picture of me at 18 in basic training, and it was her face. So here's my new Facebook million-dollar idea. You know, most Facebook these things is like, which member of the Beatles are you? Right. I'm just going to do uh, Facebook. What are you going to look like when you have... A uh, illegitimate child. <laughs> so the the fa- again the fa- the Facebook the Chuck right. gender swap and it turned out to look exactly like it's this, terrifying this sixteen year old Floridian girl. Right. When I saw that picture, which was you know what months ago, that's yeah. when I was like, whoa, Chuck, yeah, you, you have a you have a grown kid. So uh, anyway, the details are really unimportant. What matters is is that my sister went to take a paternity test for me. Good on, on you, Chewy. On April thirteenth, which was a Friday. Uh oh, Friday the thirteenth. Friday the thirteenth. Freaky Friday. Test. And I will uh, say you're an astrological creature. I mean, you are it, mindful of the stars. So and that, their power. that that happened. Uh, it was Friday the 13th, and also Thomas Jefferson's birthday, who was a finding a founding father, and had a very famous illegitimate black daughter. Right. So and yeah. So I found out I was going to be a father on a founding father's day. <laughs> so uh, Friday the 13th, I find uh, my sister takes the test um, on the 19th of. Of April, I find out I'm a dad, and we podcast. I find out on the way here yeah. to podcast. We didn't, we didn't let that one out. But last week when yeah. you podcast, I walked like, in, I, I was late as I usual. I just thought everyone like, was mad. I now at me. have a grown child. Yeah, so I, I broke that and then podcasted. So if if you go back and listen to the last one, you'll hear my voice. Uh, in a way, I, I pulled off quite a performance considering the weight of the information I received earlier in that day. So I find out on the 19th, uh, buy a ticket to go home the next day and meet my daughter on. 420. 
her and her mom pick me up from the airport. We go to the beach. We sit on a lifeguard stand, and we talk till uh, the wee hours of the morning. And okay. the next day, I introduce my daughter to my mom and dad, which is a great thing to say. Can I get a quick impression of how that went down? Uh, sure. Hey, son, it's so great to see you. How are you, dude? I love you. Uh, uh, Mom, this is my daughter, Chuck Jr. Oh, sweet Mary and Holy St. Joseph. I don't know what... When were you... Are you on drugs? What's happening? Oh, she's beautiful. Come here, love. Everything's great. Aw. End scene. Oh, da. Uh, da. So my parents are <laughs> Irish immigrants, so that was my Belfast impression. My wee ma's Belfast impression. Bernadette and I have a Twitter uh, or Facebook feud oh, ongoing. My, my mom has put out death threats on Facebook to John Burr after the <laughs> hot chip challenge. She uses real like like IRA slang. I know people who know people. <laughs> this is very her favorite thing. The troubles. Can. So uh, yeah, saw her and uh, it had a should have taken her in one of those heat games. I was back within twenty four hours. Have you have you explained to your son? That, oh, hey, you know how the you talk. Know, you, know how you have a, a sissy. You, you have an older sister. Da- uh, Daddy's <laughs> going to go see him for the first time tonight, and we're going to have a FaceTime. Wait a minute. So I'm the dad. You're the dad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm self referential daddy. I need to stop calling myself daddy. And more importantly, so do women. Can I call you daddy? You could call me daddy. Thank you. Okay, I'll call you our kid. <laughs> how, was it bro- how was it broken to her? <laughs> how was it broken to her? Like, well, like just the mom she says was one... Told, yeah, she was like, hey, we got to go take a paternity test because your dad's uh, might not be yours. So, and so does her... Does Did she have someone she thought was her dad yeah. in her life still? Yeah, and there's, you know, there, that's the, the tragedy is a guy yeah. there who's, you know, 15 years thought his daughter was his and yeah. found out it wasn't. So there is a you know it's 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 beautiful for me it's not a a, a, a clean cut story with a happy right. ending but there's a, a wonderful little uh, um, heartwarming end because you got she, a you got a wonderful new addition to your life I mean you guys done yes uh, and I don't know how this is going to piece together but just so you listeners know we actually had to send John away because he wouldn't stop saying terrible things while Chuck told his story but uh, so John has now rejoined us we've un muted his microphone to ask Chuck, did you guys have breakfast together? We didn't. No. Got to need a breakfast? You didn't have breakfast? Oh, I had breakfast. Well, I wonder if you had a breakfast with your new daughter. Oh, we did. The first meal we went to at oh. uh, late night, we went to the Floridian on Los Solas in Fort Lauderdale, and I had what was called the mess. Uh, which It is, looked good. It's a plate full of everything. Hash browns, eggs, sausage, bacon, um, onion, the whole nine. Morning and after a, pill. And, oh, <laughs> and I got a side of uh, sausage gravy there and uh, destroyed it right there. And then before we went to the beach and hung out on a lifeguard stand. What did Chuck Jr. get? I want to know if she shares your taste. No, they had already ate. So ah. uh, she just uh, hung out, her and her mom, with me and watched me eat it's my just wild. disgusting meal. That she got really. I like that you didn't hold back, though. Oh, no, did you, did you upsell see- yourself? No, that this is what I'm here. She's for. listened to the podcast, so she has. Oh to the podcast. no! Right, so that's the. Part Do we of need this. to go back and delete old episodes? Uh, there, uh, you know, I, I am who I am, and uh, whatever. I've made some tiny mistakes before. Well, let's. I guess she, she's. It's good that she knows that. Right, right. Because I'm not I a think perfect so. person. Right, I'm not perfect. It, she won't have that moment where she figures out that daddy's not perfect. Right. What's great about she all won't this, like have to see her dad get beat up or like make a horrible mistake. Here's the best part about all this: I have a great relationship with a wonderful young girl, and I've left no emotional scars as of yet. <laughs> That's <laughs> you made, you really. Made no yet. I've, That's, I'm batting a thousand at fifteen, and you can't really ask for much pretty, more. That's pretty. Incredible. But yeah, she's great. I love her. I'm happy. I'm over the moon, and it's like having another kid thrown surprised on you. And, That's beautiful. And I'm uh, ec- ecstatic. 
A microcosmic Sean Kemp. <laughs> I was like, and now I will talk about my breakfast. Okay, what did you, what did you the have? Most, Keith? The most, I don't know. Yeah, we don't. Meaningless. Sem- how do you segue Unimportant. Out of that? <laughs> uh, don't even remember. No, it doesn't matter. <laughs> it doesn't, it's a beautiful story. Okay, let's go. I guess we can go. John, do you have a good breakfast story uh, to follow up? <sighs> Boy, do I ever. <laughs> Two scoops of peanut buttery protein powder. Love there it. you go. Into some Kangen water. He's trying to live. I don't even know what that word is you it's, just said. Uh, I think it's a scam that has been propagated on my parents, and now they've given me a $2,000 faucet extension. Water filter machine yeah. that we have to regularly buy $120 filters for Psych. from the company that sold us the, I don't know. Yeah, no, is- thanks. This is probably where my dad is a veterinarian as opposed to a people doctor because mm-hmm. he falls for scams like this. Oh, no. Old people do that all the time. My parents have like a $500 vacuum that is supposed to iron I have three air. $500 vacuums. Yeah. That some literal vacuum salesman came to her door and pitched her it. And she, I didn't know we still had those. I, they exist. The and, word Dyson in my household is right next to Jesus and Mary. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, those were... Sort of our breakfasts and Chuck's beautiful story of discovering his new child. After that, we move to our breakfast in bed apologies, which is, which is our chance to make right what we might have gotten wrong on any previous episode and is frequently the first time we talk about the NBA. Does anyone have anything they need to apologize for? I could apologize to so many, but I guess I'll start with Sweet Billy D. I've been so hard on coaches. But he finally sat mellow, and look what happened. Don, Don. Look what happened. Uh, a historic comeback. Just in the midst of a few days, I believe you were going to criticize, we wanted to criticize Billy Donovan for having Russell Westbrook chasing Ricky Rubio over screens. I very nearly apologized to Ricky Rubio, but... And, but, but since then, in the final fit of desperation... With the Thunder season on the line, down 3-1 to the Jazz in the series, down 25 you points. You know what? You're kind of illuminating the details. Maybe I shouldn't apologize to him because it did take like them being down 20 and Gobert being on the bench for them to make this change. It did take the highly unpleasant metaphor of gun to your head, which I do not like. That's right. Uh, for them to be like, maybe I will get Carmelo Anthony out of the game. I was sitting there thinking like, you know wait, wait, they're not going to play Carmelo? This isn't fair. You know who's going to be insufferable after this? Zach Lowe, oh, because yeah. he prophesied if they would just get Melo off the court, they would win. And I was like, oh, that's that's silly. That's silly talk. And then it happened right before our eyes. It's just we didn't even get a playoff Melo. Like, I thought no. that was going to be a thing. And I was betting my uh, my picks uh, getting Oklahoma City to the second round on Melo being the contributor. But it's really just a Paul George and Russell Westbrook show. Yeah, and, and it is – it like – Russ was so amazing, and there was 20 minutes where he outscored the Jazz. I think it was 33 to 28. Incredible, yeah. incredible. Um, but I mean, playoff P was there. Was there too? Yeah, it wasn't. He wasn't alone. And then Jeremy Grant continues to contribute. You know, not scoring, right. but he was the piece that you know that that fit the mellow sized hole. I don't know what the final stats were, but it was something like in the second half that Westbrook and Paul George took 34 of the 39 shots. Mm. That works. Yeah. That's yeah. And they were go. incredible. That, I felt sick for the Jazz fans. Obviously, I, I've made it known I'm, I'm, I'm pulling for the Jazz uh, in this series, but like, I, I definitely felt the sympathy kind of reawakened those sad feelings of watching the Grizzlies blow a 26-point fourth-quarter lead oh. uh, oh. against the Clippers back in the day. 
And I was like, man, that's losing that, losing a 25 point lead in the second half of a playoff game is, is something hard to get over. And I'm excited to see how the Jazz rebound. It's all about momentum, boys. And now the pressure's on the Jazz. You're going to see them choke. Watch this team, this this Thunder team. That's my <laughs> Mike, Mike Francesca. Oh, God. Um, you need to snore in the middle of it. <laughs> um, yeah. he's, he's gone uh, limping back to WFAN. Is he now? That's pathetic. No. After after a Kobe-esque retirement tour. He's got to feed his that coke addiction. Oh, Lord have mercy. Um, but yeah, like it's if you were going to be a hacky sports radio host, you'd go, hey, look, all the pressure's now on uh, the Jazz. I know they're still up. <sighs> I know it's still there, but after losing like that it's and, tough making, way to lose. and and having yeah. uh, Westbrook just own you, you can see, uh, you know, this happen. But we're overlooking the Gobert foul trouble. They'll have to do yeah. exactly that again because Gobert... The Jazz's defensive rating with Gobert on the court, 89.9. Yeah. With Gobert off the court, with Gobert on the court, excuse me, 133.5. With Gobert off, 89.9. That's from Brett Hadley, 16, on Twitter. That's, that's that's ridiculous. But that game four route, Jazz, the Jazz just put their foot on their throats. It just, uh, yeah, it could it, it could end next game. But I like the way the, the series is shaping up, and it looks like, you know, we'll have a, a good one. It was kind of crazy how... The the regression to mean on the Jazz shooting happened in one half, mm-hmm. where in the first half they hit all their shots, all their threes, right. and then they hit none of their threes, and they only took threes in the second right. half, and it got right. real ugly. Yeah. Uh, that is definitely, I mean, for me, it's it's that, that series is so good. But anyway, I'll move to my apology. Uh, I would like to apologize for praising the Cavaliers for their trade deadline acquisitions. Oh. I actually thought they would help the team a lot. Yes, I did criticize the moving a first-round pick for Jordan Clarkson. But I said, when you look at all their moves on trade deadline day in totality, I think it's going to work out for them. Rodney Hood and getting George Hill is going to be great. Well, George Hill's back is is too hurt to play. And Rodney Hill's... You may not be totally wrong. They're not really playing some of these well, guys. Well, Rodney Hood does not look super playable. No. Uh, and and they, they can't play these guys. I mean, I don't know if this falls under coaching as well. Right. I mean, it does. But... They're sticking with J.R. Smith and, and Kevin Love, which is understandable to some degree. Oh. But uh, those guys are not hitting shots. And, again, Rodney Hood is, is not the answer. Right. The Jazz certainly are not missing him at all. And the Cavs aren't really getting anything out of him. So uh, I apologize. I was wrong. Not the deadline coup I might have thought it was. Mm. I don't know. Nance, Nance, uh, Larry Nance Jr., though. Not He's playing. He's fine. not not like, playing. No, he, I think it's funny. Tristan good. Thompson is so disliked by Cleveland, they can't even put him in. Yeah. Like, he gets like, booed by personally. his home fans, and they're like, we just can't. Yeah. We can't. We can't do that. We're not that desperate. Yeah. <laughs> to, it's uh, a disgusting, disgusting soup in Cleveland right now. Yep. It's taking, what is LeBron averaging this playoffs? And 85 points a game. 38.4, I think, something crazy something like that. Something in that world. And, they, and it's a dog fight against the Pacers. Mm-hmm. Oh, great, Chuck. You got anything you feel bad about? I feel bad about uh, about the Portland Trailblazers. I had them <laughs> winning, Call. beating uh, the the uh, Pelicans, um, but they got whooped up. Holiday. There was it's, nothing gentlemanly about that sweep. It's Holiday Styles. Everybody acting violent and wild. You know, mm. two way threat. Drew Holiday acting silly, and uh, on top of that, the Brows acting monstrous. He Newly minted Nikola Marotic Gillette sponsorship, guys. Yep. Oh, that's sick. I thought he was going to use our harrys.com slash fast break. You could have used it. Nikola, we got you going. We talked about it forever. 
But uh, yeah, Portland man, R.I.P. I I, uh, I didn't think he'd go out like that, but you know, it's just the way them, them teams matched up. It didn't look good on him from game one. We Did- say this a lot, but uh, it seems like Portland stuff don't work in the playoffs. Eh, I'm not. Again, I'm I'm not as ready to go there as much as a lot of people are. It, it, it clearly did not work at all against the right. Pelicans, and it clearly did not work against the Warriors last couple years. To me, it seemed like Stotts had built a almost perfect regular season system for his the players that Olshay has handed him. Because mm-hmm. they, really, they really have something nice in Portland that obviously won them a lot of games, but it seems it's very eminently game-planable. And when Alvin Gentry is out coaching you, that's a problem. True. He doesn't like, he doesn't like defense. Right. <laughs> I mean, yeah. they, this was a game where, so the the Pelicans wanted to play at great pace. They were first in pace. A lot of the games, Portland played at their pace and still lost. That's bad. Wasn't close. All right. Well, those were our breakfast in bed apologies. Before we get to our steak and eggs, we have a few listener submitted questions from our Patreon supporters. The croissant, croissant. Any questions? Are you going to finish that croissant? Knock yourself out. Uh, At Mike Frederick asks, what are your NBA playoffs announcer team rankings thus far? I know where everyone has number one. Probably friend of the show, Brent Berry and Ian Eagle. Yeah, I was going to say that's probably my favorite. I'm not sure who's all paired up, though. Because I don't often listen to, I'm stepping the back. Announcers. I listen. I have to watch the games with like the sound off. Right. Like I, I don't even machine. have the sound on yeah, a lot yeah. of times. You guys aren't really sound guys. No. No. I am during the playoffs. Um, now, okay. So there's always Breen, Van Gundy, Mark Jackson, and Doris, which is terrible. Okay. So I guess maybe I'm one of the them. only defenders hate, on the show. I hate hearing Van Gundy and Mark Jackson talk about stuff. I really, like, I really despise Mark Jackson. But go ahead, Joe. I like uh, Breen's. Uh, Breen's voice is great, voice, so, so that's when you get the play. pairing. Right. The pairing is tough because you have you have Kevin Harlan, mm-hmm. who's great, but he works with Reggie Miller. That's right. brutal. Which is like the worst. Right. Yeah. Well, I guess it's Ian Eagle and Brent Perry. He's got to be the top. There's that. Who is there's there's a, a newish guy, like Adam Amin, mm-hmm. who I really like as a play by play guy. He was doing the women's college basketball yeah. uh, final four, which all those highlights of him and and also Kara Lawson has been doing color. Yes, Kara Lawson and Steve Buckhans has been to me okay. Pretty yeah, okay. I, but I'm also I'm also confused again who the pair up like Weber I used to like I feel like Weber's falling apart. Mm. Weber says, had a bad game. He said some weird things, it's but sad. he admitted it. He got confused. It's the Hall of Fame. What was this? I didn't. W- w- did he have a bad game? Like, was oh it, man, he on spent. Wednesday he must night? have spent five minutes analyzing a foul call on a replay where the foul call was on the opposite player on the opposite team. Oh, that's, re- just a, that's just a Vern Lundquist. And he really, yeah. Like we call that a Vern Lundquist. He, uh, <laughs> he really broke it down for a while. But hey, Weber owned it. Like, a lot of times there's that, like, horrible, awkward silence where they're just hoping no one will notice. And Weber's just like, oh, I had that completely wrong. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm not as down. I know Van Gundy has some really irritating tendencies. But I love, like, a good Van Gundy rules rant. Oh, rules rant. I love him. I love his, like frankly insane solutions to rules that he comes up with on the spot yeah see i've gotten tired of him maybe it's i understand just too much um but i mean mark jackson and van gundy rumored for jobs who's mike breen's whoever mike breen has next maybe it'll just be doris that'll be a great team you know that'll be much better much better do you guys like uh uh do you guys like the um 
the uh, Raptors Celtics? You listen to any of the home stuff like with Mannix and Heinsohn and Gorman? Uh, Heinsohn had some hilarious. I uh, love Tommy Heinsohn. He's he, like the last. Of he a he cracks me up, but also I, I have to do small doses. Yeah, they, I can't I can't go a whole game. The Heat just got rid of uh, Tony Fiorentino. I don't know if they got rid of him or he retired, but whatever. He was fun to watch. He had a uh, or listen to. He he was the reason why I couldn't pronounce Goran Dragic's name right for <laughs> three seasons because he didn't pronounce it right. I think ever. Well, he asked for a ranking, so I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna try to give a rankings with okay. y'all's input. To me, I know you want to put Van Gundy in them last. Uh, Del Curry is last for me. Del Curry? Del Curry's terrible. Collins and Curry is terrible. They're the worst to me. Uh, Del Curry does not listen to what I didn't what even know Collins... Del Curry was doing playoff games. Oh, yeah. He's Hornets. He, yeah, they, they, he does not listen to Collins. Okay. And then I think we'll have to do Van Gundy just because of your severe distaste. Mm-hmm. Uh, then when we do Harlan and Miller... Yeah. Kevin Harlan is so good that I think he... Reggie Miller was one of my favorite NBA players of all time. All time. And he's just been ruined. He's a buffoon. Just hearing him talk has just ruined himself for me. And Uh, then uh, I guess we'll go Heinsohn and then Burkhans Lawson and then top spot Ian Eagle and Brent Berry. That works. You're really throwing me off throwing in the few random local teams. Oh, yeah. well, I love listening to those local guys. Because I really like Joel Myers for the Pelicans. Joel Myers is amazing. His, voice, his yeah. voice is so good. Uh, who, who, who's, who does we, the, who's the guy he's with, Wes? Who is the... I know this. Joel Myers and Wes... David Wesley. Oh, yeah, Those yeah, guys yeah. are great. Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. yeah. They, they work well together. But uh, let's go to the... What's, the next, what's our next question? Indy Trey asks, It's long been reported that Timmy Duncan plays Dungeons & Dragons. What core AD&D glass, that's class, that's advanced Dungeons & Dragons class, do you think Timmy plays as? I know you guys don't know this. Yeah, this is all you do. So I'm going to give you some example classes. Oh, no, you're going to know. Miss me with this dork stuff. You've got fighter, ranger, cleric, mage, thief, and bard. Different parts of my life, I'm all three of those. I'm gonna go with I'm gonna go those. with mage because I don't know what that is, and it sounds impressive. Mage is the dark attacking arts. Cleric mm-hmm. is the white healing arts. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I don't know. Bard because I'm, I'm I bloviate. That's amazing. Yeah, Bard, Bard, they they sing to you. Do they? I can't see Timmy singing. No. I'm going ranger, guys. You know what a ranger is? Bows and arrows. All right. I think um got that mid range game. I think he goes I think he goes fighter. I think he sees himself as a guy who uh you know throws Did you mean both. to say whiner? Ooh, easily <laughs> with the words. He's a, he laughs and gets thrown out of games. Yeah, that's that's I mean he's a he's a a, a mirthsome elf ranger. <laughs> he's a dark he's a drow elf ranger. <laughs> this is so <laughs> dorky. It's great. It is. I'm with you, Indy Trey. I'm really glad you have some sort of insight into this question. And our third question comes from the inimitable at Tixie Mista asks. It's a two-part question. Related questions, of course. Your favorite playoff crowd so far. Also, Coen Brothers or Paul Thomas Anderson? How are those related? Mm-hmm. <laughs> How do we even... Utah's been good. You've got Mitt Romney uh, trolling mm-hmm. Russell Westbrook. That's incredible. I forgot his fourth foul. How many fouls? Four. Four fouls. Four more years. Yeah, Uh, yeah, that's probably my favorite playoff thing. We got Meek Mill in Philly. That's going to be amazing. That hasn't happened. That was almost an unfortunate uh, gentleman sweep there. Yeah. Because that's going to get nuts. (laughs) 
I think as much as I am cheering against Oklahoma City, right? I think they have the best playoff crowd. Really I am. It seems crazy. You've stolen my answer. Thunder's the loudest and most insane to it me. It seems insane, it's and I guess it's paired with Russell Westbrook when he's just doing his full blown Super Saiyan. Yeah. Now, the Jazz crowd aesthetically has been amazing with that uh, with the weird uniforms. Like, yeah. Have you seen the pictures of that? Looks good. That's really cool. So that kind of factors in, but I think the answer is within that series. As far as far as the arrangement of the t-shirt colors, I think mistakes have been made on both sides. When the ja- when the Jazz went to their full whatever that desert mesa, the red, mm-hmm. the gold, the, I, I felt like they shouldn't have done the big sections. It was too big. I felt like they needed to do smaller, like change up the colors more frequently, so we could see it all in one camera shot. I don't. I don't want to have a bird's eye view to be able to see the. You don't. Colors. You don't like that hyper color. Uh, the Thunder really messed up when they were playing the Jazz in in Game Five. The crowd is wearing blue and white T-shirts separated by section. The Jazz are wearing white, playing on the road. The Thunder are wearing blue, playing at home. It just looked like an intra-squad scrimmage because the crowd is just blue and white. The teams are blue and white. Mm. The uh, the Chiron on ESPN was colorless. A casual fan. Could not tell which team was which. I don't like look at the whenever they do any kind of whiteout or sections of white ever. Yeah, it white just doesn't is, work. White is not great. Yeah, I'll tell you where it works, and they should have used it. Miami. Oh, Miami yeah. is the only whiteout city. Well, they should have been doing it. They never true. even went to their Vice City jerseys. When it's snowing in Miami. Hey, the whole city's built off that power. Uh, and as far <laughs> as the follow-up, which has, I don't know what it has to do with crowds, <laughs> Cohen Brothers or Paul Thomas, Paul Thomas Anderson, I'm a Coen Brothers guy. I feel like I grew up watching movies, and whatever opinions I have on movies are all based on the fact that someone told me the Coen Brothers were good right. when I was 13. So like, I like trained my tastes to be like, this is good. And so now anytime I see a movie, I'm like, that was fine, but it was... It was no blood simple or something mm. like that. So so here's how... Like, Coen Brothers, you know, that's holy ground. Uh-huh. But Paul Thomas Anderson is improving, and his movies are getting better. The Coen brothers are kind of slipping into that Woody Allen movie a year, this is okay phase. Well, so, like, Inherent Vice, I thought, was um, actively unpleasant. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and but I, you have not seen Phantom Thread, which is his best movie, and otherworldly sublime. I, I, I haven't seen it, but, like, even a, a, a lesser Coen brother movie... It's fun. Which I can't even remember what the last one was, the one... Hail Caesar. Hail Caesar. So Hail right. Caesar got, like, middling... People weren't excited about it. I adored it. I thought it was incredible. I thought it was funny. Uh, I think you're moving in the same uh, life cycle as the Coen brothers. Absolutely. No, so it it's working for you. No, and it does make sense. Although I still can't b- get behind Lady Killers. I don't. Oh, I, Lady, I think Lady Killers is, well, Lady Killers and Inside Lewin Davis are the only two Coen brothers movies I actively dislike. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I'm a, uh, I'm. You're Team you know, Scarface. I'm Team, so. Yeah. Yeah, Goodfellas. Who did Goodfellas? Fa- Fairly Brothers. Can I pick those guys? <laughs> uh, that's who I want. And you want the Paul W. S. Anderson who did oh, uh, uh, Resident like Evil. Resident Evil films? Yeah, 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 that's me. That's pretty good. Uh, and Pompeii. Wow, <laughs> deep cut, Keith. Love it. IMDb kid over here. All right. Uh, thank you for the question submissions. If you want to submit your own question to be answered on the program, you got to become a Patreon supporter. You do that by going to patreon.com slash fastbreakbreakfast. By joining that, you can get access to exclusive bonus content, some bonus audio like the first take where John expressed his opinion about Chuck's story about meeting his... uh, his long lost daughter and things. Leave of that him sort. alone. He's a family man. And uh, you can join our Patreon only Slack chat where we talk about basketball and whatever else around the clock. There are numerous 
channels on that. We got Movie Night. We got Dad Filth, where uh, the the men of us who are are dads, mm-hmm. uh, you know, it's it's like, I mean, it's open to anybody. But well, that's where we, that's where I broke the uh, that's the where kids you, story. That's where we broke the kids news. So that's, anyway, that's appropriate. If you want to support our program, get more of our stuff. You can do that at patreoncom breakfast. All right, steak and eggs, best thing. It's the best thing you saw in the last week. I was going to continue to talk about Russell Westbrook, but I feel like we kind of the points have been made. Don't need to keep doing that. It's so good, though. So I guess I'll just talk about how, to me, the eastern side of the playoffs has just been phenomenal and much more, you know, so much more competitive than I would have ever dreamt. Even the Philadelphia-Miami series, which was a gentleman sweep, that series was fun. It didn't feel like a gentleman's It sweep. surely didn't. Like, one of those games was just an unbelievable game of the Sixers, and then the Heat punched back with the Dwayne Wade throwback performance. Yeah. Um, I do think, you know, if you look at that series and you see that the Sixers were losing most of those games at halftime, I mean, that's kind of a level up for the Sixers. Like, Spo got outcoached. Brett Brown showed me something. Um, I mean, the Sixers... I, I actually I, I disagree that Spo got outcoached. I don't think I, I think I think Brett Brown and Spo both did great jobs mm-hmm. and the Sixers talent level just wiped him off the court. Right. Like, like I think Spo did fine with what he had. I don't know what else he could have done. Uh, he didn't seem to make any halftime adjustments to me. Well, I mean, it was his, for me that was that was like the talent. The Sixers right. eventually mm-hmm. you could be right, John. But it was like the, if, he, the if he won those fourth quarters so hard. You could tell like if he was going to have like a white side game where I'm going to play white side. Yeah. He played him the whole game. Or if he was going to have a white side game where I'm not going to play white side, he didn't play him the whole game. That, that mm. dude's unplayable, John. Yeah, well, he is, uh, don't tell him. <laughs> uh, yeah, he's an albatross. I was thinking they should trade Whiteside to a team that seems like they make trades for people like Whiteside. I think the Bucks. Mm-hmm. More length. Just get more length. Yeah. I don't think Whiteside. Hear me, people. I don't think Whiteside is a good match with uh, you on I think the Bucks might trade for him. Who though. can we get from Sacramento? The poor man's ton maker. Sacramento <laughs> needs more centers. Yeah, more centers. He doesn't belong anywhere. I, I'm excited though. Like you know, Phoenix is going to trade for him or something. Yeah. <sighs> Can't wait, Phoenix. But as boring as like other than Thunder Jazz, the West has been pretty dismal. Well, East yeah. keeping me going. Uh, yeah, I mean. You're right. All the East series have been good, even though I don't even like watching the Bucks and Celtics play. Mm-hmm. It has been inarguably a, a compelling series. Well, the end of those games has been unbelievable. Just madness. God. Well, my best thing is, uh, I don't feel like we've even mentioned it. Did you guys see LeBron James on Wednesday night? No. Christ. Have another iconic mm-hmm. chapter to his story. Got that, that game winner. He now has more postseason buzzer beater game winners than Michael Jordan mm-hmm. and oh shoots a better percentage on uh, go ahead shots in the last five seconds and from, compared to Michael Jordan. So from, uh, you know, like a big picture thing, when Jordan was this age, he was not barreling towards the rim and getting all his points at the bucket. Yeah. This I think is, Keith pointed out he was 11 of 12 at the rim at, the at one rim point. At one point. Uh, well, he, he, had, he had a Ben Simmons-style shooting chart, yeah. LeBron James did, in that game five where he was only taking shots at the paint. Right. And uh, he, he missed his shots that were five feet away, but he was 12 of 13 that were like right. just all – because he, he was just bully ball. And it, this was with like Thad Young on him, who's a you – know, a good defender. A good defender who would give almost everyone in the NBA trouble, and he's 
just destroying him. And he's looking incredible, and he's only getting better. And he's not coming to Miami. He's not coming back. And I'm going to watch him win a hey, championship. Chuck, silver lining. I don't think he's going back to Cleveland either, no. Bubba. <laughs> it's looking like he's carrying this team, and he's and he's building well, that's his the resume. Answer. White side for LeBron. Boom. That's the that's the answer. If anybody could pull it off. Rally <laughs> Galaxy it off. brain. Uh, however, the Cavs still winning these games by the skin of their teeth. I mean. The Pacers fans. I, that, this is a grim augury for cream of wheat. We'll just we'll move on. Okay, <laughs> Chuck. What's your uh, what's your best thing besides uh, meeting your daughter? So I met my daughter. Best thing ever. Um, basketball wise. basketball wise. I've, I was on uh, on Reddit last week and I saw some uh, very interesting stats about uh, uh, Clay Thompson and the date that we we assume that he may smoke weed. That, there's whispers around the NBA that It's Clay now Thompson's. known as Chuck Jr. Meetup Day. It is Chuck Jr. Meetup Day. Um Clay Thompson has been significantly better than his season averages on April 20th and this is from annoyed guy um on Reddit. In tw- uh, 2011-2012, 4-20 he scored 26 points on 50% shooting. Um on not bad. Next year 22 points on 52% shooting. Uh, hmm. 420 of 2015, 26 points on 64%. And, uh, Ooh, that's efficient, but that's high mids there. They didn't play. They didn't play on the, uh, yeah, it's that creepy, but yeah, they didn't play this year on 420, but Clay Clay combined, uh, on 420 has outscored his points per game in a season by 53.4% and increased his shooting percentage by 11.4%. If you, my, if you uh, take away 11.4 from 53.4, you get 42.0 wow. percentage points Whoa. for the spoke, spookiness. So, that is some Scott Steiner math. So now we got, uh, he's no longer Clay Thompson. He's Clazer Boy 420. Oh, yeah. <laughs> 42669. The a, big bad booty daddy. Uh, he's getting it. He's smoking all them buds out there in the, in the motherland. So, Speaking of buds. Budenholz are set free. Ooh, we got a we got a, a coach that's fired. Sorry to get a little scattered and smothered, but God, Budenholz are interviewed for the Suns' job, which wow. was hilarious because all the all the reports are, you know, Mike Budenholzer wants to join a winner. Yeah, what with Suns? But then he uh, was trying to talk to the Knicks. And Did then your Devin Booker sense just start tingling, Keith? <laughs> yeah. Well, then uh, eventually it seemed like this guy does not want to be in Atlanta. And it's going to be hard to get him out of there. I was surprised that they chose to let him go. He still has two years left on his contract, which is a lot to pay if they're going to be some kind of buyout. I don't know what kind of if Budenholzer is going to let him off the hook if he gets a new job. But uh, I get, let's go into it. There are all these coaching things we can we can we get a little scattered. We, our, leaving our steak and eggs. Who the, really wants to eat cream of wheat? Anyways? We will come back to our cream of wheat. There are so many coaching jobs out there, and it's almost like who wants to end up. Where like Fisdale is the hot name out there. The Grizzlies. Oh, never, you mean besides Bernie Bickerstaff? Right, right. The Grizzlies never even <laughs> entered themselves into, into a coaching search. That they, I mean, I think you have to say they settled for JB Bickerstaff. Right. And I think the take I've seen the most often, which I think is correct, is saying JB Bickerstaff could be the best man for this job. I fully expected to walk into this baby dungeon with you. Looking at your screen, pants around your ankles, the Grizz having hired Steve Clifford and you being elated. <laughs> Just didn't happen. I mean, like, there's guys out there, Steve Clifford and Mike Budenholzer, who right. you're like, these are 
prime coaching candidates. Like, should I, I, I would, be depressed? <laughs> I would love for these guys to coach a team. Yes, and it's interesting. Like, which one of those guys is going to get the Milwaukee job, which is coveted? Which one will the Knicks pay a lot of money for? Like, Mark Jackson. Um, yeah, they they could. I would almost like to see like, would Doc Rivers want to go to New York? Would he want to start over? Doc Rivers to the Knicks, I think, and then the Clippers open up, and that's Fizdale. Bill Simmons has been set, has been beating the Doc Rivers to Knicks oh, yeah. drum, and he kind of knows Doc Rivers sorta, so that could be interesting. Yeah, I think like that would, other, so. I think that would be a bad fit. Where's the uh, machine gun, uh, David Brat going? Uh. <laughs> I think Black could be a good move for the Suns. I mean, at one point, everyone loved him, and then like I was told by America that he was the greatest coach ever before LeBron fired. Well, him. when you dominate the Makati games, I think I think the Trailblazers will hang on, will hang on to Stotts. I don't think it makes sense for them to shuffle him out for someone. Right? No. Um, but going back to bigger staff, like he could be the best guy for the job. I just hate the fact that they didn't like interview any of these other candidates. I, I do like as a Grizzlies fan that they're not starting over with a new assistant who's never had a job as much as I would like Jerry Stackhouse to come coach uh, the Grizzlies. Right. Part of me thinks it might be best if they are keeping this Conley Gasol thing going to stick with a guy they know and they like. I like bigger staff. I just think that there's a surplus of better coaches on the market right now. There could be. And Vogel. Kind of is Vogel better? We thought he was the bloom is off that rose. Mm. That's that's a very very accurate. Who, like, are there any other? I mean, there's all those assistants. Um, Chris Finch, uh, someone named Nick Nurse. Messina. Messina. Nick Nurse, who sounds like who's, a uh, comic book character. Who's the uh, the the lady coach in uh, San Antonio? Well, so yeah. Becky Hammond. Becky right. Hammond. Um, I think she prefers just being called coach. Probably. I, uh, I mean, you're lady right. I know coach. what you're sorry. I'm, I'm just, still learning about feminism. I'm just, I have a daughter now. I'm just, I'm, <laughs> I'm just messing with you. Uh, no, but, so the interesting thing about the Spurs, well, like if a Tori Messina goes to, uh, gets a new job, I, I just see this. Like, what if, uh, what if pop decides he's just done? Yeah, he could, this could be maybe it. if, if Kawhi Leonard, like, like, uh, does the Darren Williams, on yeah. Jerry Sloan and uh, Pop's like, you know what? I'm done. Mm-hmm. Maybe next in line succession. Becky Hammond worked her way up. Uh, last man standing. Uh, she becomes the uh, Spurs coach. Or maybe Budenholzer wants to come home. I don't know. Mm. There's a there's a lot up in the air uh, with with these coaching searches. Anyway, let's let's slide it. Uh, however, and complete our steak and eggs cream of wheat with the cream of wheat. Worst of week. What's the worst thing you saw? I'm going to get a little chuckly over here. Um, I think there is a moment in that Pacers uh, Cavs series that is devastating and impossible to come back from. And I think it's goaltending not being called on LeBron on that SWAT. Even they missed it. They missed it. And that type, that type of play haunts fan bases. Yeah. Cause you have this little, if only this, then that. Mm-hmm. stuck in the back of your head forever. And that's just going to I, – I, they're already in trouble. Now if they lose, it's just going to torture the fan base. Right. And you can say whatever you want to say, like LeBron ends up hitting a three. You know, that's all well and valid. But who knows if they even take it, you know, go for a three-point shot. That's unless yeah. and if that, if that goal team had been called. It's just that's a devastating moment for a franchise and its fans, and I hate watching it happen. If they called that goaltending, there's a chance Victor Oladipo isn't the shoe-in iShop winner because mm. then he's three for 15, right. not <laughs> two for 15. Right? Maybe hit a shot, Victor. 
But that's just tough stuff, and I hate to see it happen. It was a great game, but that that's not really the way I wanted it, to see it, it go. It's a tough way to go. And it's one of those where uh, even when you, with the first replay I saw, like if you look at it at the right angle, you still can't really tell if it's a goaltend. Mm-hmm. But then there's the very clear angle. We're like, right. oh, yeah, absolutely, most definitely off the glass. I thought it was the first, I don't, the first time I saw it, I thought it was goaltending. But, you know, it's just one of those bang, bang plays where it's very difficult. And, and you, you're not... I don't feel this way, but I saw some people saying like it, it works out because they missed the Thad Young out of bounds right. the play before. That's not equanimable. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, yeah. It was consecutive consecutive missed calls, one one benefiting each. But I mean, team. you go from like okay, you just scored, and now I mean, even the scenario where a thirty percent three point shooter is taking a long three, you feel good about. Yeah, and just everything goes wrong. Well. My worst of week is also still from that series, and it also goes to some of the larger coaching issues we saw. Oh, those those I coaches cannot, did not want to win. I cannot stand watching the Cavaliers doing that trap of Oladipo at half court at the end of every game yeah. when Oladipo is struggling to score. Yeah, the Pacers are not doing a good job of getting offense. And the Cavs are conceding. You're giving them a, mean, a mini fast break. Every, yeah, they're, yeah, they're giving them like oh, they're giving Sabonis the ball at, at the free throw line every time down the stretch. And that's the worst kind of and coaching because it's so like, many, hey, look, I am coaching. They did it so many games in a row too. It's driving me crazy. And then the poor Pacers, where, I mean, I'm not sure who's supposed to be playing, but Miles Turner is is so bad at filling space, at, at moving without the ball. Right. Like w- when they trap a depot and give it to, to Miles Turner, that is actually a win because Turner can't create anything. Right. And then uh, we had this conversation in our, uh, it was started in our Patreon only Slack. Like Corey Joseph is not playing for many minutes. He can't hit a shot. However, like Collison has been a mess. The net rating is way better when Corey Joseph is playing in this postseason, just like it was in the regular season. So, like, should Corey Joseph be getting more time? Like, do they need to go? Like, I feel like they need to play Sabonis even more. Um, and, and then, the, then the, switching it back again to Ty Lue. Like, the Cavs are playing these small ball lineups full of guys who can't hit shots. Mm. I don't feel like you have to small ball the Pacers. Right. Yeah. Like, hey, in fact, Thad it, Young is not a stretch four. It, it actually, and also, it actually hurts to small ball the Pacers because that lets them put their by far best defensive unit out there. Mm. By so far. I, I feel like, as you said, I think John said, like, it's both of these teams. I feel like they're, they're, they're harming themselves. They don't want to win. Uh, and again, Victor Iladipo, maybe make a shot. Man, yeah. if they would have won a shot, it's they would have. It's hard carrying the whole team on your back in the playoffs, baby. And that he's their only like really guy that talking about Bohan Bogdanovich. Well, I, don't, I think it's I think it's rude, Chuck, to compare him to LeBron. Like, <laughs> it's effect, effectively the same. But yeah, I've, I can see LeBron having a, a hiccup game, but he's in such great shape and he looks so good. I you know I think they close out next game. Yep. My worst thing is uh you know we buried my Heat, uh, but it's it's the the white side rumors. We're gonna see him go, and we're not gonna get anything for him, and my whole life's gonna go upside down. And I'm going to hate Pat Riley, even though I've defended him since the day I was born. I mean, you're in such a bad situation. Yeah, it's not going to go well. Not for any of us. Are the are the Heat the team that got screwed the most by that cap? Uh, Blazers. Mm, uh, excellent point. There's a lot of teams. I mean, the Blaze it. 
I mean, the, the Heat gave away all these contracts last year. Right. Like in the yeah. 2017 summer, they signed these huge contracts. The Olenek contract looks pretty good. James Johnson had a great year. It's not, yeah, a, it's, I, it's I, not an awesome contract going I'm forward. I'm referring to the, the year of Tyler Johnson, the uh, Meth Curry. The, mm-hmm. the Tyler Johnson one is tough. Yeah. Uh, the Dion Waiters contract does not look good. That's on white side. It's all bad. I mean, bad. let's talk about that for a second, though. I know Chuck, but we're in our cream of wheat segment. Like, it's kind of hard to praise Pat Riley when it's Waiters and and Tyler Johnson. I mean, they have the. That, per- I know they had to make the fans happy, but they should just let everyone go that one off season. Yeah, everyone like Whiteside. They should let everyone go. I don't have any regrets for them putting together this pretty fun season. Like, yeah, and you know they they're in a tough spot, but I mean other teams are in worse spots, and I feel yeah. like th- they might have a chance to work something out. They brought in the dragon. They owed it to him, you know, to to keep the team around after or keep the team together and fight after Bosch had that really weird, unexpected. Oh, Imagine this team with Bosch. That's what I'm saying. What if Bosch is at 100 percent? He's still in his peak, and we have Whiteside, Bosch, you know, and the rest. Stop of them. saying Whiteside. <laughs> he doesn't exist. <laughs> I mean, would Whiteside be wonder, better in another universe with Chris Boss next to him? No. No, he wouldn't. I wonder if the NBA has hit a point where locking your guys up quits looking like the right move. Because you had all these guys who, like Neil O'Shea, being like, well, we don't want to lose our asset for nothing. Let's just sign him. Let's just sign him. Let's get him in a deal. You have all these other players who we talked about some last week, extensions about to kick in. There's so many extensions that have been signed in the NBA that look terrible. Yeah. Like, e- even small ones. So we have two extremes. We have that, where you try to lock up your guys, and then you have your Grizzlies extreme, where you sign a guy and then do nothing with him and, retra- like, and, retra- and receive nothing. Right, right. The, the Josh Richardson extension, which still looks good, even looking at it now, you ask, did they need to do it? Could um, they not keep him? Because the flip side is like a Norm Powell. Norm Powell has the same contract, right. and he he's not even playing for the Raptors. Do, do the Raptors wish they could get out of his extension that starts next year? I would think yes, they they would. Uh, and, and that kind of harkens to a point that I w- do want to make. The, the Heat do still have. I think Richardson and Winslow are showing so much promise. Oh yeah, that it's hard to get down on the Heat. Yeah, it'll be tough when you have to package one of those guys to unload those horrible Sweet contracts. Jesus. <laughs> Darkest timeline. <laughs> All right, well, trying to make me cry again. That's great. Let's uh, let, let's uh, for a uh, scatter smothering covered. Let's make sure we talk about. Um, we haven't really mentioned the Raptors and the Wizards. That game, game five. Can we just not? Well, well, that series has gotten really good. The Wizards yeah. have have been in it. That game five, it was the Wizards who who just disappeared. Awful. They, they didn't play the last couple minutes. Uh, the Raptors ended on an incredible. The Wizards run. have done that twice, and Mike Scott's been involved both times. But Mike Scott has been a great hero of the series. <laughs> yeah. Like I don't know, he's still shooting over sixty percent for the series. Yeah, I think he has actually the best uh, shooting efficiency rating in the playoffs right now. So do wh- wh- do we have any predictions? I'm sticking with the Raptors in seven. That was my, that was my pick of the start. I mean, we can get Delon wrong, or we can get Delon right. Mike Scott's effective field goal percentage is seventy eight. Yeah, that is redonkulous. I was happy to see Jonas Valanciunas get fourth quarter play. He was awesome in the fourth quarter, but uh, after not getting in in the the previous few games, I think the Raptors have like quantifiable uh, productivity that can count on. uh, But it's the the guys that uh, you don't expect are going to make the difference. And I think uh, you know when you got Delon Wright coming up doing stuff like eighteen points in Game Five, you you know if you can get those from this from the role players, then yeah, Toronto's got it. And that's what that's what they've they've built their whole season on is getting that. Even though the Fred Van Fleet hasn't played yet, right? 
DeLon Wright and those bench guys coming through, this was good to see because this is what they've, they've depended it's on. It's what they needed. I still think it's going to hold them back. I mean, I think they're going to play the Cavs. Yeah. I think the Cavs are still going to work that out, even though, again, the Cavs look so bad. Yeah. Are we are we all aboard uh, the Sixers being the the unstoppable force in the East? I certainly am. I'm gonna just hold on to it, and because you know they beat my guys, so I gotta go. If we would have beat them, yeah. How does that work? Won. Where are you guys on that in fandom? Do you like for the team that beat you to then succeed so that your team looks better, or do you want them squashed usually in retaliation? I do. Usually, I do. I mean, I, but I'm always so mad. I want them to pay immediately. Well, I don't. I can't see. Don't it. have a lot of the it long on the team, but... Yeah, and and Philly's hard. It's hard to. And the, the Heat were kind of dirty. And oh, I forgot Keith hates Philly now, too. Do you know? I don't hate Philly. Here we go. Give this it to is, him. Give uh, it to him, Keith. Talk to him. Well, no, it's funny. Like, my my cheering allegiances, my random bandwagon postseason allegiances have become so tied to what storylines I will have to hear if something happens. Uh-huh. So, like, I may, like, I I think I, I like the Pacers more than I like the Cavaliers in a vacuum. Mm-hmm. I do not want to hear stories of LeBron losing in the first round for the next four months. Thus, my default is I feel like my life will be better uh, if these but poor will Pacers will be better, fans, any better if they lose in the second round? Have to suffer. I honestly think it will. Uh, I think I if, if they so. lose to the Raptors in the second round, that's better. Losing LeBron losing in the first round. Uh, bigger next, story. Well, bigger story. Uh, on the positive, he has, I think it was Mark Steiner, somebody who said this, on the positive, he has multiple months to plot his next move. Mm-hmm. Like, like if Idle he gets... Hands. If he gets Eliminated, you know, in April. But this guy, he's is, gonna have a lot of time to figure out where this, where he's going. That's what I'm saying. This guy has been, pl- you know, playing high uh, high quality basketball up until June. 82 games this uh, year for a long time. If he has nothing to do for six weeks yeah. until the end of the N- uh, NBA season. It's gonna it, like watch if, if him his and hairline is going to be impeccable. He's yeah. gonna start. Play, he's gonna end up playing in Europe or something. Show up with an afro. If him yeah. and Paul George are both eliminated by this weekend, come on now. Yeah. <laughs> like they're they're, they're gonna, gonna be hanging out. They're going to Aspen. They're going to ski. Well, so the way the storyline thing works out with the Sixers is in a vacuum. I think the Sixers might be one of my favorite teams I've ever seen play basketball. Right. Like just looking at the people on the court. Swore the index so high. Having having to like deal with like the the victory parade of Sixers fans it's gotten on my nerves and maybe I'm just in a, in a, I'm in a bad headspace about so it so when I post a uh, short video of Joel Embiid running through the Philadelphia streets set to Meek Mill as his teammates are uh, popping wheelies uh, a la the movie Creed you're gonna be mad at me no that see that, that doesn't bother me <laughs> okay like that's a, that's for me it's a celebration of uh, um just the, the players. Again, the players on the court, watching Ben Simmons play is so much fun. Joel Embiid is so much fun. Yeah. The shooters they have around him, Marco Bellinelli playing out of his mind. Helly, smelly Bellinelli. Yeah, just that, like that. Like, Ursan. That, that is all super fun. Oh, you know I love Ursan. Ursan's Ursan. Man, he's As a, the bizarre. Have they Steven overtaken Adams. your uh, Pelicans? Uh, like, fervor? That's, t- that's tough. Postseason yeah. Pelicans was so much fun as well. Those are definitely the two, like, Pelicans, Jazz. We- Pelican, actually, Pelicans and Sixers have been the most fun teams for me to see win games this postseason. Playoff Rondo is my guy. But I, unfortunately, I don't think there's any way to separate this Sixers postseason success from being like a referendum on the process. And Close like that, that Twitter, dog. And, and <laughs> like the fact that the Sixers are going to get one of the tastiest second-round matchups right. ever. You should mute the the words process and hinky Probably on your true. Twitter. Yeah, you get oh yeah, Sixers but... have a path. Like like the path is so easy, and then it then it like falls to me like like you feel like you you accomplished so much, but 
you were born a white man in America to rich parents right. type thing. It's like, you're not in the Western Conference. Like, you're in the Eastern Conference. And, and you know, yeah. yes, you did a great job winning 50 games. The regular season success, undeniable. The team is so you good. Re- you realize you made that analogy for a Colangelo GM team. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's like Colangelo being like, I did this. It's like, yep, Ugh, that's you gross. did it. All you. Mer- meritocracy, baby. So, uh, yeah, the fact that their path is so easy uh, makes me like hesitant to be as excited about it. I might well, we've find- talked about too much good stuff. We need to get into some stats. Oh, yeah. So that does, I guess, bring us to the awards segment of the program, the International Stackhouse of Pancakes Award, given each week to the worst performance in a box score. We have a few honorable mentions. This is a mere formality. Yeah. Carmelo Anthony, 5 for 18. Kevin Love, 2 for 11. Dwayne Wade, 4 for 15. We have three nominees as they occurred chronologically through the week. Victor Oladipo in game four, 5 for 20. 17 points, 5 rebounds, 5 assists, 2 blocks, 3 turnovers, 1 personal foul. J.R. Smith in Game 5, 33 minutes, 0 for 8, no points. That's an incredible iShop League score uh, if the iShop Fantasy League was still going. 33 points, no minutes. I cannot believe I did not look up the other playoff people who have played 33 minutes and not scored. I will do that as soon as we stop. Uh, (laughs) And uh, he had no points, two rebounds, three assists, two steals, two turnovers, three personal fouls. And then Victor Oladipo, but my shot was goaltended, two for 15, 12 points, however, 12 rebounds, four assists. This isn't as, I I guess it is easy. I don't know. For me, it's J.R. Smith. J.R. Smith. Over eight, no points. And then Oladipo's two for 15 on the heels of a five for 20, no less. This is like when it's truly an honor to be nominated. This is like when an an actor puts up two Oscar nominated performances that both get nominated. They are, they're already going down in the history books for the, Oladipo's going down the history books for the double nomination, but he just can't touch Meryl Streep right here. Mm -hmm. This is a J.R. Smith slam dunk. That's one of the best high shop scores ever. Um, I think we're looking at it a little differently. Oh. Yeah. I think when you've back-to-back bricked the game and turned, you know. Uh, just that is went- not admissible, Your Honor. Yeah. yeah. Pre- previous. Uh, Coaching the witness. Objection. This is true. Previous. This is true. Not, that is we. Yeah, this is we were looking at the box score. Um, yeah, I guess you got to go. You got to go with the brick man or the pipe 33 man. minutes of nothing. I'm still uh, leaning on the more shots is worse. Right, two for fifteen. I got to give it to Oladipo, uh, but you know the. Uh, I'm not, I don't democracy think be, in action. I don't think we should be unanimous here. No. So so two so two Chuck's for one. Voted to Smith. Chuck has voted twice. Chuck, do you want to change your vote, vote or, or do you want to vote, vote for both candidates? I want to vote for both. It is very Florida thing. I, Which we'll Depot do. performance were you even voting for, uh, Chuck? Game five, man. I know that 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 uh, goaltending was. Garbage, I think that but, settles it then. Yeah. Oh, so you have swapped, Old Depot. I've swapped. Don't Congratulations. 12 points, 12 boards is pretty good, but two for 15. Takes the cake in, in a controversial runoff. Uh, Victor Hanging Oladipo. Chad. Hanging Victor. Chad. You are this week's International Stackhouse of Pancakes Award winner. All right. Par fadeaway, gentlemen. What are we looking forward to? I've got to stay on the topic that we can't seem to leave. Jazz Thunder. Give it to me. Do more, you think there's more. going to be residual effects of the blown lead? I think so. I think that's the only way you can, uh, you know, 
You can only predict that moving forward. That is a soul-crushing loss by a team with not much playoff experience. I'm ready to see what a full game of mellowlessness can be. Let's see if it happens. I if doubt it doesn't happen, then we'll be uh, apologizing for this just next week. Billy D might not do it. Um, I'm I'm really, really, really looking forward to uh, New Orleans and uh, Golden State playing. Uh, they start uh, Saturday. It's going to be a good series. Both are well-rested. They're going to look good. How Steph many Curry, games will the playoff rondos win in this series? I think they could go, like, give them two hellish games, mm. and they may win those two. But if it's five, five probably in my head, maybe six, if it's nuts. And they have What's insane time. is them winning a game would be looked as a step forward for the Pelicans, I believe. Yeah. And and they have, you know, it may have a hiccup with getting Curry back um, enveloped if he does play. He might not play. So who knows? This is a, a question mark series, so it gives me uh, some intrigue in it. I am looking forward to May 15th. First day of Ramadan. Is it now? Oh. <laughs> May 15th, Tuesday night, NBA Draft Lottery, the Fast Break Breakfast NBA Draft Lottery Party presented by the Memphis Grizzlies. At Mainstays in Nashville. Let's get some out of town listeners. Free parking in the garage, guys. I, if free parking in the garage. If we're going to uh, celebrate Ramadan, we should have. I'm going to eat breakfast. Hey, yeah. Because it's that's when you break fast when sun when sunset happens on Ramadan. Perfect. It's all coming together. So it's all one big. So close. We loop. will be having an NBA draft lottery party. We will be giving away Memphis Grizzlies prizes. We might have some non Grizzlies prizes. All fan bases are invited to attend. We will be watching some NBA basketball. I believe this stuff gets going pretty early. Um, so we're going to say probably like 5 or 5.30, but we'll let you know for sure on that. We'll but mark drink your, specials. Mark your calendars. Food. May 15th, Fast Break Breakfast, NBA Draft Lottery Party. The official Grizzlies aren't even having a lottery party in Memphis. Come on down from Memphis, guys. We're going to do it in Nashville. Giveaway Grizzlies prizes. It's going to be a lot of fun. So again, May 15th. Draft lottery party, hang out with uh, John, Chuck, and myself, and uh, let's not end up with the fifth draft pick. I think that does that wrap us up. I think we good, dog. That'll do, pig. He said, "Dad will do." Yeah, that'll do. It's been a dadly. Congratulations, Chuck. I got to take guys. care of my little baby who's crawling at our feet, playing Truly with Andrews. an Xbox One remote. All right, if you want to support the show, do that at patreon.com. We love our patrons who support us. We're always looking for more, want to meet new people. Do that at patreon.com slash fastbreakbreakfast. You can follow us on Twitter at fastbreakbreak. Like us on Facebook. All right, you guys are the best. Thanks for listening. And remember, breakfast is the most important thing. Yeah, never apologize for being G&G. Fair break, break, man. You understand?